Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Hey, you're about to meet one of my very dear friends and a man that I absolutely love. His name is John O'Leary, and he's also one of the busiest professional speakers you know, in the world today, although the world of professional speaking is changing dynamically, which we'll talk some about. But if you don't know John, he was in a very serious explosion with a five-gallon gas tank uh, when he was nine years old, and he was burned on 100% of his body. Over 80% of those burns were third degree. And now he is one of the most booked inspirational keynote speakers in the world. He's the best-selling author of a book called On Fire, Seven Choices to Ignite a Radically Inspired Life. He has a new book that is called In Awe, which is a follow-up to that. And we just were sitting around chatting and it was like, man, we got to get you back on the show to uh, some talk some shop and talk through uh, building a keynote business. So John, welcome to the Influential Personal Brand. Rory Vaden, thanks for being my friend. And on most podcasts, when I hit record, we start going right away. You and I had 49 minutes before we hit record just to talk <laughs> life, man. So we really are friends first and foremost, but I'm glad to be on the podcast. Yeah, well, I, that is for sure. And, and you know this because I sent you the video that Jasper has been learning all about fire. And every night he's like, I watch John, I watch John. And your story's inspiring, even our little three-year-old man and, and just helping him learn about fire and gratitude and all that. So I, you know, I love you, man. Well, dude, I love him. He's a cute little guy. And I think you learn about fire. You learn it can be something you stay away from when you're a kid. But as you get older, you got to figure out how do you harness fire. And Mm. that's what I'm excited about talking with you during this podcast. Like, how do you go from being repulsed by something or being driven by fear to being inspired and motivated to do something bigger in your life? And that's every one of your listeners. That's what they're striving to do in their own work. Yeah. Well, and so tell me about your, tell me about the, your, your keynote career. Like, how did you go from, okay, so this burns happens when you're a kid and a lot of people that are listening, you know, they, they, you know, that, that's part of what they aspire to is going, Hey, I want to stand and I want to stand on stages and, and inspire people. And so you're one of those stories that just, you have an incredible story and, you know, tell us, how did you kind of move officially into professional speaking? 
haltingly, awkwardly, and painstakingly slowly. So that's mm. the, uh, the truth. And I think it's most of our truths for those of us who at some point or another made it in front of the stadiums and the auditoriums and the Rotarian clubs. It takes a while to elevate from where you are to where you want to go next. But what you need to know is it's possible. It is absolutely, utterly possible. Uh, there's been many who have done it. So the best way to achieve success is to follow those who've done it before you. And for me, Rory, I got burned at age nine. The great goal of my life was not to be an international speaker, but to be ordinary. Hmm. So my desire from age nine until about 28 was to fit in, which meant at age 11, I was playing soccer. At age 16, I was trying to find a, a six pack of beer to split with my friends. I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to fit in like everybody else which meant also I was trying to be who I really wasn't. And I, I did that for the majority of my young life. And then at age 28, a, th a third grade Girl Scout asked Mr. John, that's me, if I would speak to her troop. And man, I, I'd never spoken before publicly. I'd never told anybody how I got burned. I had no idea how to string a couple sentences together or how to build a database of potential clients. This was not the goal. But in life, when an opportunity knocks, I've always said yes. Whatever that thing is, even if it's helping a friend move on a weekend, my answer is yes. I just try to live in yes. And so I said yes to this little girl. I planned this talk for probably, I'm not exaggerating, 40 hours to deliver a talk to three third grade Girl Scouts. <laughs> and when I delivered it, man, you will be so underwhelmed by this. I looked down at several note cards. I never looked up. And that's my first talk. One of the fathers in the room was a Rotarian. He asked if I would speak to his group, and I said yes. And then one of the members from that group was in a Qantas club. So in year one, I spoke a grand total of three times, was not even paid with a box of Samoas, so I got no cash. Oh, what? You did, you, you did get Samoas or nothing? No, I got nothing. No do -si dos oh. no Thin Mints, nothing. Man. I got maybe a, a free lunch at a Rotary club. And then year two happened. I spoke maybe eight times. No, no cash, maybe a gift card to, uh, to Shell gas station when it was still open. And then year three, it started to become a business. It always had been mission-led. It had always been yes-led. But it all of a sudden began to take on the underpinnings of an actual business. I hired my first employee. I borrowed against our home, actually, to pay wow. her salary. And this woman named Deanna and I started building this thing up from the ground floor. And we delivered 60 keynotes in year three. In the 14 years that have followed, I've spoken 2,000 times, 50 states, a couple dozen countries, a couple million people live, and a couple cool things have grown out of that. But it has been a wild whirlwind wow. of just saying yes to the next audience in front of you and showing up with everything that we had to inspire the people in the room, not to realize how great I am, because they'll be bored by that, that message, but by how great they are. So how did you go... I want to talk about COVID and how that's affected your business and the, like what your mindset is going in, into some of this in a little bit. But I mean, to go from eight to 60, that was really like your first year going after this. So, so what did you guys do then mm -hmm. and how much were you charging and like how did awesome. that, that was a real business, which you took a real risk. You took the loan, you, you got a HELOC. It sounds like you, you got all HELOC and started the business, hired your first person. And so was, was she just out there emailing people and calling them or what was happening? Yes, to both. So I brought her on after I already probably booked about 20 that year at about 
averaging $1,500 a keynote, mm. something like that. And so there was a little bit of cash coming in the door, but she was asking for more than I'd booked in, in the entire year. And by the way, I'm married. I have a mortgage. I have one child and another one on the way. And so th this is not like, well, it was my part-time gig and I was independently wealthy. Neither of those things were true. I had to make this thing work, which is also one of the reasons I think, in fact, it did work. We had to make it go of this thing. We better figure this thing out. And we were motivated not only to stay out of the broke house, but to keep people alive, keep people moving forward, make them recognize how beautiful their life is and they're calling to do more for others. So we, we started off speaking for free. I'm begging you guys, if you're just beginning and you're just listening to Rory Vading today for the first time and you're thinking you want to deliver a message on a platform someday, don't be so arrogant enough to think that you need to be paid right off the bat. Mm. There is a benefit to going into schoolhouses and synagogues and churches and rotary clubs and serving. Many of these people that you serve on the front side will become your advocates downstream. And so even when we were just kind of showing up to love, I'd still walk out with everybody's business card in the room. And I would still, Rory Vaden, following your, your process, man, I would still follow up with the emails. We would still begin sending out a monthly at that time newsletter to encourage them to keep moving forward, but also to remind them that there's a guy named John O'Leary who's alive and well and ready to serve when they are ready. So even in the early stages of this business, when there was not a business model, so to speak, there was the beginning of a database, there was the beginning of a follow-up, and there was the beginning of a long-term dream of what it could look like. I mean, over the next 14 years, has that changed much? I mean, is it basically just the same thing? Build a database, go out and speak, contact people, get like, how has that changed? And were there any big breaks? Like, were there any big moments where you said, oh, when this happened, right. that really catapulted my career? So, what I, what, it's a great question because you live this every day of your life. What I've always found, at least in the first 15 years, maybe I'll find something very different in the next 15 is that the idea of big breaks is, is sometimes exaggerated. Mm. I, I'll book a huge event in front of tens and tens of thousands of people and the right people in that room thinking, now I've made it. And the following day I wake up and I'm really not that changed. I'll, I'll book a huge, huge radio show or television show or podcast to think, boom, baby, now we got it. I'll create a book that is worthy enough to be a New York Times bestseller, becomes a number one New York Times bestseller, and still I haven't made it. And, and so you have a beautiful quote about when the rent is due. It's like, it's due every day, man. Get up and pay it again because it is due every single day. We've had a lot of breaks, but, but none of them that has, have actually made us overnight successes. What have made us, in quotes, overnight successes is showing up and going to work the following day. And so some of the things that have grown in the last 14, 15 years is the database when you collect information over the course of years, we now have a couple hundred thousand people that we get to love on every single week. Another thing that has happened is we started getting into social media. So now we have, I think, 300,000 or so followers online. And then you ask yourself, well, how can I serve them better? What if they had a really cool life-giving book? And so I wrote a book called On Fire. It became a number one national bestseller. It's still selling now four years after its release at a high level because it's about reminding people not only that they matter, but here are the next steps that you can take to impact even more lives through yours. After that release, we said, well, how do you touch more lives? We created the Live Inspire podcast. Rory Vaden has been a guest on this thing. Yeah, baby. We have about 100,000 plus listeners every single month that check two out the podcast. Millions of downloads now, Two million, over 2 million downloads. A couple million downloads. And awesome. it's a cool way to get in front of people, not only the mass audiences, 
but it allows you to reconnect with a guy like Rory Vaden or a guy like John Gordon or a lady like Brene Brown or you, you name the person and now you get to meet these people one-to-one, -one, hear their stories. But my kids and I, cool story, we were watching Apollo 13 and they wanted to know when the guy died. This guy played by Tom Hanks. When did he die, Dad? The movie's in the 60s, so when did he die? Turns out Commander Jim Lavelle lives in Chicago. He's 94 years old. He's been married for 70 years. He's the world's greatest failure. Just about everything he did in life, he failed at, except for the fact that he kept moving forward. And so he even failed to go into the moon, except for the fact that they figure out how to slingshot around the moon and come back safely. It's one of the great stories, I think, of our society, bringing this guy back with technology far inferior to a cell phone. And yet Commander Jim Lavelle is alive and well in Chicago today through the efforts not only of him and his two-person crew, but through what we were doing in Houston. Yes, they had a problem, but they redeemed the problem. It's amazing. That's such a cool story. And I, one of the things that has always just blown me away, and, and this is, I guess, part of what I would hope for people to capture from you is just like, you have such a genuine heart to serve. We were talking about some of the COVID stuff going on and how it's affected your business. And, and you were just, you were telling me that I don't want to have the big high price thing because like, my guy is the UPS guy and the nurse and the teacher and the stay at home mom, like your people are the people, like just the people. And have you always had that heart to serve? Because I have no doubt whatsoever that that is a huge reason why you have built such a successful keynote career. But I guess I have a hard time understanding how do you go from almost dying to trying to just barely survive and just be normal yourself? Right. How do you go from that to where it's like, I can barely live. I don't, you know, you lost a big portion of your hands. And two, all I do in life is care about other people. Like, that's a big leap. Let me begin answering the question by starting with the end in mind for the listeners that just want to grow their business. I can't tell you how many speeches that have been referred to me through the AV guys. These are the folks who wear black shirts and black pants in the back of the room that big time speakers like myself ignore because they're unimportant. They're only there to get the video up on the screen and the sound in the room. And besides that, they're useless except for the fact I really love these guys. I like, I love them. And so I hang out with them. I'll eat lunch with them. I'll hug them on the front side, hug them afterwards, thank them for their work, stay in touch long-term. They refer me speeches because I don't do this on purpose, but those guys then go into the next venue the following day. And if someone sings, they're like, by the way, you should meet a guy named John O'Leary. My God, he's so genuine. He blows away the audience. He gave me his card. In fact, I was texting him last night. Here's his, here's his number. And so we get, we get referrals all the time from AV guys. I've received three referrals from guys driving town cars. These are the guys, like, why would you ever talk to a guy driving you? Because they're completely unimportant. Except for the fact I believe in the dignity of human life. And I see the guy in front of me having a far better story than the one I'm going to share from a stage later on. And so I've heard so many amazing stories, exchanged cell phone numbers with these guys, and then have been referred to future clients because of the chauffeur. And so is there an ROI in love? Yes. Okay, yes. But your, your real question is why? Why do you like people? Number one is I, I recognize that my life is a miracle and it's not because I got burned and survived the unsurvivable. The likelihood of us being in the room, if you just look at the biology and we'll have an after hours with Rory Vaden and John O'Leary, if you want to get into the functioning of how we were reproduced into this position. But here's the biology, man. When you add up your mom and your dad and the likelihood of their DNA becoming one, turning in, into Rory Vaden, the math is less than one in 400 trillion. So the very fact wow. that Rory Vaden is in the room is one in 400 trillion, just from mom and dad coming together. 
we were miracles and we get, we get bored by life and we act like COVID-19 will be the end of us or a recession is going to break our back or losing a third of our portfolio has ruined what we wanted to, to do later on in life. And what I need you guys to do listening, ladies to do listening, is to recognize that you're made for so much more than this. Like you are a gift. You are a miracle. You need to act like it. And once you can act like it, you can also recognize the, the dignity of those around you. So Rory, I'm here because a whole lot of people showed up for me, but maybe the most important person in my story was the janitor. This is the guy who came into my room as a kid when I was nine. He did his job. He did it for about minimum wage, and he did his job for the next five and a half months while I was treated in burn care. And if he had not done his job at a high level, there's a high likelihood that I get some small little infection. COVID-19 is a reminder. It doesn't need to be a missile that claims your life. It can be something you can barely see under a microscope that can mm. claim your life. This guy's job is to protect a little boy from that. His name was Lavelle. I believe he saved my life in the hospital. And I've never forgotten the fact that uh, there's no such thing as little jobs. Like they, they all matter. And an epidemic and now a pandemic like COVID-19 reminds us of the profound value of grocery store workers and truck drivers and nurses and custodians. Like their work matters. We just for too long have overlooked it. Wow. What a perspective. So, so what is going on with your business? How has COVID affected you and what are you doing about it and how are you thinking about it? Awesome. Gosh, there's a lot of questions right there. So from a societal aspect, it's breaking my heart because I recognize that people's portfolios have been wiped out to a degree that many of us have become unemployed, that many of us have lost our lives and lost, lost loved ones, and that help the healthcare system itself is incredibly taxed during this time. So just as a citizen of the world, I ache. <laughs> you know, I really ache. It, it makes me sad thinking about it. But I also remember a conversation that I had with my grandfather, and this will get me emotional too, because he's my hero. My grandfather served in World War II. He was in the Navy for three years, came home, married his sweetheart, built an incredible life. And after September 11th, we had lunch together on the 17th. And I'm writing a story about this right now. So on September 17th, grandpa and I met at a little pasta place down the street from his office. He's near the end of his life. He's certainly near the end of his, his working life. And uh, I learned over lunch that he just invested a large chunk of his savings into American Airlines and United Airlines. Mm, right as the market has wow. come back online and everyone who's got any savvy at all knows what's going to happen to the airlines after the, the bell rings and we get to sell or buy. No one's going to be buying these two airlines. They're the ones that collided into buildings and into, they're going to fall dramatically and Grandpa Bobby bought them heavily. So I said, Grandpa, oh, Grandpa, I think you, you kind of made a mistake, man. And he took a bite of his pasta, then a sip of his tea in front of him. And he said, John, do you know that they refer to our generation as the greatest generation? And I said, yeah, I've, I've read that book, Gramps. And he said, do you know why? I'm like, tell me. He goes, it's not because we survived the Great Depression. And it's not because we went off and we fought in World War II. And it's not because we were the most productive group of all time for humanity. They, they built the nations. He's like, let me tell you what it was. We never forgot the lessons that we learned along the way. And I think that's really important to remember during this COVID-19 pandemic. What made the greatest generation, the greatest generation, I think back then and still today, is not what they did. It's that they were made better because of what they endured. They were made better because of the depression. They were made better because of World War II. They were made better because of their great productivity. And so when this crisis happened on 9-11, 
six days later when the markets reopened, he still remembered what is what he lost, but also was taught during the depression, during the war, and during the, the decades that followed. And so it's why my grandfather, as a citizen, was making an investment into organizations that he wanted to be around long term. So what am I thinking about right now during COVID-19? I'm thinking about the lessons that I can learn right now that we can apply long term. Mm. I don't want to forget, man, what I know to be true, Rory, this too shall pass. I don't know if it's next month or in 16 months, but sometime the pandemic passes. Sometimes we're back at work. Sometime the markets return. And my, my great concern is we're going to forget what we're learning right now. And I want to be like my grandpa. I want to be part of the next greatest generation that did not forget the lessons being taught during COVID-19. So what I'm remembering right now is I've had 41 dinners at home with my wife. That's never happened since we've been married, ever. Wow. I've had 40 night, 41 nights in a row of tucking my, my, my little girl, my three boys in. Never happened since they've been born. I've had 41 lunches. When you and I finish this podcast, I'm going to hang up, race home, and make them lunch again. 41 peanut butter jellies in a row, man. 42 tomorrow. <laughs> but man, rather than cursing the fact that I can't get on flights, personally, I'm extraordinarily grateful for this season because I know it will pass. I know it will pass. So that's what I'm doing personally, professionally. I'm trying to pivot into the storm. I'm trying to raise the sail high and figure out what we can do digitally through the profound blessing of technology to influence clients and influence lives long-term starting today. And so this big ship of ours here at Live Inspired are pivoting into what we can become. And by the way, we would not have done this had everything in life gone perfectly the way we planned. But, but now we have this beautiful opportunity to become so much more significant and life-giving than what we would have done if John O'Leary was on a plane today speaking to only a couple hundred or only a couple thousand. Now we believe we can influence millions of lives starting right now. Why wait? I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Well, John, where, where do you want people to go if, if they want to connect with you more and just kind of follow your journey and see what you're up to? Of course, In Awe, that book, yeah, that book is out. Like, you can just feel this man's heart and uh, it comes through in his writing and so excited for y'all to get your hands on this new book. But where else would you direct people, John, to connect with you? So, thank you for your compliment. Like, it is all heart. I haven't been through media training. I probably say the wrong thing all the time, but it is heart-led, man. So um, where they can go to learn more about the book and about who John is, is go to readinaw.com. So that's readinaw.com. You'll learn about the book. You'll learn about John. You'll have the links to social media and the podcast. But the reason really I'm driving folks there is when this whole thing broke out, we recognized that there would be some collateral damage. And last year, Rory, 1.5 million Americans attempted suicide. And this was when life was awesome. We got nothing to complain about, no pandemics, no reset, nothing, man. One and a half million. So on the front side of this, our team got together and said, how do we invest in people? And so we built a 21-day campaign to just love them and encourage them and to remind them that they're not alone and that there is a next step. So um, there's a cool 21-day in-awe challenge somewhere on that website. Go to readinawe.com, sign up for it. You'll benefit from it. You'll realize you're not alone. And you'll also realize your best days remain in front of you. Yeah. John, buddy, I just, I can't thank you enough for your attitude and your mindset and your heart. I mean, I'm sitting here almost in tears myself, just like being encouraged, being reminded of the importance of gratitude and then also just experiencing you living it through your life and through your lens. It's, it's so impactful. 
to me and to everybody. So thank you for what you're doing. I hope you are relishing the time with the family and, you know, the world is still very much in need of John O'Leary. So I hope you keep inspiring virtually and digitally through this time. And uh, we just love you and we wish you the best. Let me say one thing, man. Twice now, the publisher of my books have sent me back the first edition with my picture on the front of it. And what I've always sent back to them as a reminder, read the book and then redo the artwork of the, of the book because that's not it. And so on the first one on fire, there's mirrored letters of flames that if you look at it just right, you actually see your picture, Rory Baden, and whoever else is reading on fire, they're going to see their little image in the letters. Cool. And if you read on in awe, there's this big, brilliant blue sky with clouds floating past with a red kite flying high, reminding us what it was like once when we were kids and how we can return to that today. And so you said the world needs more John O'Leary. I don't, thank you. I think the world needs more people who are fully alive. And dude, you're exhibit A of that. So uh, Rory Vaden, keep shining the light, keep living it out. And uh, thanks for being my friend. Of course, brother. Much love. God bless you. Likewise. God bless. See you, buddy. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So, as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com and we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 